Welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I'm your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 448, and I'm here once again to help you not just have the best possible Disney vacation experience when you go to the parks, but bring you a little bit of Disney magic with this podcast, videos, blog, newsletter, live broadcasts on Facebook, my books, audio tours, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So as Disney Springs continues to evolve into a shopping, dining, and entertainment destination, one of the locations that I think is really helping to shape and define the area is the Boathouse. So I invite you to please join me at the table this week for a live dining review as we sample many, many of the items on the menu, meet the chef, and discover what makes this dining experience unique. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for some of your voicemails, more information, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Disney World and the Disney theme parks around the country and around the world really aren't just a collection of of rides, right? Because Disney really defined what a theme park is supposed to be, where the attractions are just part of the overall experience, and that really is extended to the resorts and the shops and even to dining from the very beginning, from Disneyland and obviously the opening of Walt Disney World, and possibly inspired by that tradition And really the standard that I think Disney sets is Steve Schussler, who is the creative mind behind the concepts like Rainforest Cafe and T-Rex Cafe, both of which can be found not just here where I'm sitting in Disney Springs, but Rainforest appropriately is actually over at Disney's Animal Kingdom Park as well. And Schussler eventually brought his creative flair and his love of unique culinary experiences uh, to Walt Disney World with the introduction of the Yak and Yeti and his latest creation, The Boathouse in Disney Springs, where we are sitting live on a beautiful uh, summer afternoon. It's always summer here in Florida. Um, and I think Disney, as Disney Springs starts to get its new identity and theme and overall feel and story, I think The Boathouse is really helping 
to shape that story and the experiences, not just in the decor, but the dining options as well, because it's not just about the cuisine, but about what a dining experience should be. And to me, a dining experience is always better when it is shared with friends and family. And I mean you, the listener, and my friends and my family who happen to be joining me again today back on the show once again uh, is the Mangello Quartet. Deanna, welcome back. Hello. Nicholas Peter. What's up, Dibbity Dogs? <laughs> and the lovely, the incomparable Marion Rose. Hi. So I surprised you guys today because you had no, no idea where it was that you were going. We were sort of guessing about different experiences. And Nicholas, I think you were one of the ones who guessed the boathouse because you guys have never been here before. I was the only one who guessed the boathouse. Yeah. So I have been here only um, as part of a, a media event when it first opened, so I've never actually sat down and had a full meal here, and that's, and that's why I love doing the live reviews when I and you and you, the listener, get to experience it for the first time. And I think, as I was saying earlier, this was one of the early locations that opened up in Disney Springs that I think really is helping to redefine what the space used to be. So if you guys, you know, you probably don't remember almost what this was like before the boathouse and Jock Lindsay's next door really were here, do you? I told it, it the the landscape of this whole area has completely changed. And I'm just looking so forward to the um, soft shell crab sandwich <laughs> that I have been craving for the last two weeks now. So I am so glad we will be reviewing the boathouse. <laughs> well, and you know what, too? The, the thing that I like about it, and, and so many of the restaurants here, and we'll see this when we go inside, is it, it's fun and it's whimsical and it's family-friendly, um, which has something, uh, which for a while, I think, when, it, when this was Pleasure Island, it didn't really know what it wanted to be. Was it a place for families to come? Was it a place for young adults? Was it a place for couples or people to hang out when, you know, when we're sitting sort of in the, the shadow of mannequins, which is obviously now one of my favorite dining locations, uh, which is Morimoto Asia. And this whole area had a very different feel. And as we look around on a, a late Sunday afternoon, everywhere you look, it's surrounded by families. And I think that, like the Disney parks, is what this is supposed to be. And guys, for us as locals... This is one of the places that we come. It's really a destination for us. Right now, it's not like, let's go to the parks and then Disney Springs. We say, hey, let's go spend the afternoon in Disney Springs, walk around, shop, eat, and then eat again, right? Yeah. I really like this. It's really nice because it's not like the theme parks where everything has a long line. It's just really nice and calm. Yeah, and it's a nice place to just sort of wander aimlessly and then sort of pick a place to eat. So I am really excited to, to really sit down and try this for the first time with you guys and you, the listener. We're saving a seat for you next to us. You guys ready? We're ready. Listen, Let's you, do this. You know my motto, hashtag stay hungry. We're all hungry today. Let's do it. Let's do it. So as soon as we walked inside the boathouse, I found myself smiling as much as you guys were because you've never been in here, so you didn't know about the incredible nautical theming, and we lucked out today because we are sitting in the boat in the center of the boathouse. Uh, we're sitting in, you know, sort of the, the back area of what looks like a, a Chris Craft or, or something, a, you know, 27-foot boat. Um, and fortunately for us, Chris, like the boat, is uh, our server, and uh, Chef Bob is out to, to say hello to us. Chef? Nice to see you. Hi, nice to see you. Welcome to the boathouse. So this boat booth that you're sitting in is actually a, produc a 2015 model production Chris Craft um, 
runabout, but it's really, it looks like a small yacht. They actually took it off the production line, uh, removed the engine and the uh, internals, and then just built this booth into it. It's, it's definitely the number one requested seat at the boathouse. Wow, this is I'm excited already. I haven't even eaten anything yet. <laughs> so um, I have only been here once uh, just for a very brief tour during the media event when you guys first opened. So this is neat because it's a first time um, for me and for the whole family too. So, uh, yeah, we've grown a lot since that time. Um, we're, we're a very busy restaurant. Our, our focus is uh, waterfront dining, great food, and dream boats. We have the uh, boats on display down by the uh, lake. Uh, we also have the Amphicar rides. But the main feature, as far as I'm concerned, is the great food. So today we're going to get you a sample of a bunch of that to try and tell, tell your fans about. Nice. I, I'm excited because, Chef, this body doesn't happen naturally. I work very hard at this. I mean, we come from the Northeast, too, so so we're used to really good, fresh seafood, um, which sometimes is, is tough, you know, depending on where you are in Florida. So I know everybody's excited. And we didn't eat a lot of breakfast, so we're famished. You know what? Uh, our seafood's the freshest in town. We try to um, run a variety of uh, New England and Florida seafood. We have the um, things like uh, Maine lobsters and uh, fried clam strips uh, from, from New England. And we, we go through about 300 live Maine lobsters a day in this restaurant. We serve uh, oysters on the half shell anywhere from 10 to 15 varieties per day. We have East Coast oysters and West Coast. We don't serve any warm water oysters. That's the only okay. thing we don't serve. But uh, today we're going to get you a sample of all of that. Nice. And it's funny because I see in the background my wife is mouthing. She's been saying soft shell crab, like subtly, like trying to lay the uh, lay the hint to me for, for weeks. So it's convenient that we're here. The soft shell crab is a seasonal thing, and right now we have them. They're actually a local product. They're from um, a place called Crescent City, Florida, which is a lake a little bit north of Deland. And um, a lot of people don't realize, but that's a freshwater lake that feeds into the St. Johns River. But they uh, actually have a crab fishery out there, so. We have a soft-shell crab BLT sandwich, and if, if in, in my opinion, it's the best thing on the menu. Wow. I, I was just about to ask you. So if you were to come and dine here, what would be sort of chef's ultimate boathouse meal? The first thing would be a variety of uh, oysters from the raw bar. I knew I liked you right? I'd like to try those and a, a definitely a couple of shrimp cocktail, too, because those are spectacular. And then, uh, you know what, I'd probably get the uh, tuna poke, which I'm going to bring out for you today, too. Our car- carpaccio is fantastic. And then it would be a tough choice for the main course, but if I had the soft-shell crab, I'd get that. And uh, besides that, our tuna, our, our, probably the most standout fish dish that we have is our salmon. It's a cedar plank salmon. It's baked at 800 degrees. It's, it's really delicious. And then... Um, if I didn't uh, feel like having fish, I'd have the ribeye steak, which I'm going to let you all try today. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> like, I haven't seen my kids so excited to eat. <laughs> we are all uh, we are all foodies, so we are super excited. So, what is one thing that's so important is we expose our children to everything. They eat everything. They love seafood. So for this experience for them, they eat raw seafood, they eat fried seafood, they love seafood. So this is going to be a wonderful experience for everybody. Yeah, and what I love about... 
Excellent. Thanks so much, Chef. Appreciate it. It's going to be a lot of food. You don't, have, don't think about trying to eat it all. What do you mean? Just, what do you mean? Don't try and eat it all. Some way that you can. You got to just try and taste what you want and look at it. And you want, you, that way, you understand the menu, and you can explain to all those people out there why they have to come to the boathouse. Will do. Thanks so much, Chef. Appreciate you coming by. Now, my other question for you folks is: um, any drinks? We have cocktails on the plate. We don't even have menus. I guess we're trying to find a drink menu for you right now. Uh, I can pair wines with you for the appetizers, entrees, and I'm trying to give it a, a nice port for dessert because we are going to get our s'mores baked Alaska. It's the number two dessert on Disney property. It, have you seen it? It's as big as you. It weighs as much. Wait, is it like that really tall thing? It is about the size of my forearm. My friend had that the other day, and I was so jealous. Oh, my gosh. So we're talking about a dessert about this big, about gay round. And are my favorite dessert. There you go. But you need, remember what Chef said, you need to eat everything on the plate, on the table first, before you can even think about dessert. You don't have your mother tell you, you can't have dessert until you clean up your plate. You can't eat, you you can't have your pudding if you don't eat your meat. There you go. I'll eat the whole menu if I have to. That's my boy. <laughs> I can do a prefix. So we're doing it's kind of a prefix uh, menu here. So we're going to start out with a crab bar with the appetizers, with the uh, lobster, the crab, or the uh, lobster, the oysters, the shrimp. And we're going to go from there. We're also going to get to the firecracker shrimp and the uh, tuna poke. We're going to start you off with that. So if you wanted to do a white wine to uh, start off your dinners with that, we can do that. I don't know if the kids, if they want milk. The kids wine. No, the kids trying to, yeah, they're taking it easy on no, Sunday. I see. I thought the two, they might be a little, uh, I know it is a hot day out here in Florida. So... I could create something for you. I could do that. So like a fruit cocktail, you wanted Shirley Temple, Roy Rogers, a suicide where it's every soda mixed together. Suicide. <laughs> yeah. So Chris, you're going to babysit the kids after they drink that well, Disney. The thing about Disney is every kid can do whatever they want here. So you've got all the rides, you've got everything to walk around. By the time they go out in the sun, they're just going to jump in the pool anyway and have fun. So. Yeah, but I have to take them back home. So. Are we from the area? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Well, you can go with the so what what I love about this restaurant, let's, before we get to the menu, because that's going to, because it's a huge menu, um, is, you know, when you walk in, it's um, it's got a really interesting vibe to it because it feels, it's casual yet upscale, and I like the fact that you can have that feeling, but it's still being incredibly family friendly. The atmosphere is absolutely wonderful. And you have the feeling when you come in that you're actually in a boathouse. So the fact, one of the things I wanted to say too that I love that we're sitting in this boat is way back in the day when I used to run with my crowd, she had a 13-foot Boston. I'm so afraid to hear this story. She had a 13-foot Boston Whaler. And we used to get on that boat every, every morning in Long Beach Island and go out on the bay. So this brings back such fond childhood memories for me because we're actually sitting in something very similar to the 13-foot Boston Whaler that I used to hang out in. Right, you can take the girl out of Jersey, but you can't take the Jersey out of the girl. Um, but, you know, it's very, it, it is very much, you know, we use the word immersive a lot. And, yes, I know we're sitting in the boat, but even as you walk in, I mean, you look at sort of, you know, the heavy beam ceilings and all the, the, the nautical decorations. What I, I love so much about what they're doing in Disney Springs is the water has become an attraction as opposed to a backdrop that I think really was ignored. So even where we're sitting, you get these beautiful views of the waters of Lake Buena Vista. I mean, there's great artwork on the walls. There's lots of nautical-themed um, you know, decorations and little model boats all over. Um, but it does not feel 
like a, you know, a, a stuffy type of environment at all. What do you guys think about how the inside of this looks? Does it remind, well, you're marrying stuff in her face, like, right? Does it remind you of some of the places, like the fish places you'd go to, like, from the Jersey Shore? Yeah, it reminds me a lot of, like, New Jersey and all the sea, um, seafood places, and it's just very nice and beautiful in here. So in Point Pleasant, there was a place that we used to go uh, and sit outside, and it was just picnic tables, and you would order lobsters. It was actually one of the places where Marion went as, when she was growing up with her grandparents, and she had lobster. And it just has that homey atmosphere in here when you come in. Yeah, it's very, it's, um, it's very comfortable in here, too. Um, but I, I'm very easily distracted, so what I see is you see the areas here in this main dining room as well as outside, because they have live music. Here um, at night, there are uh, a number of different um, bar areas. There's the boats outside. So it really is sort of, it's more than just sort of coming in for a meal. It's a place that you can come and hang out. And I think the area that I I love is, we're sitting inside because it's going to rain later on today because it's Florida. Um, But the outdoor seating areas and the outdoor bar areas and the boats that you can, you know, take a look at. It's a really sort of, there's a lot of, and we'll sort of walk out there later on. There's like you know the raw bar outside. I think there's actually um, there's a, a raw bar, there's a club bar, and then there's a dockside bar. So there's like 300 plus area of boardwalk to walk in and sit out, and there's a lot of comfortable seating areas outside too. So the atmosphere outside is actually awesome, and also the ambiance in the evening when all the lights are on the water. They have all these neat little like seating areas, kind of lounge areas that you can go and sit with friends, have a couple drinks, and relax on the water. And I so love that because in New Jersey, we always used to go to these places and sit outside and enjoy music, and there's music outside. So it really is going to be somewhere that we're going to come as locals as a destination and enjoy the atmosphere. And that's really what Disney Springs has become. It's become sort of the, you know, it's not a theme park, but for a lot of us, it's sort of the fifth park. It's a place that we can go to if you don't want to have the theme park experience. But I need to move on very quickly to the Boathouse menu because, honestly, the menu is huge. Uh, The menu comes out... Oi, wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a second. (laughs) Don't touch it. I need to photograph it first. Plus, I don't want you eating any of my seafood. So, Chef... um, (laughs) Wow, you just brought <laughs> I'm so excited, I'm giddy. Tell it, uh, describe for us what you just brought out. This is a, f- a small version of the famous uh, Boathouse uh, raw bar platter. We have two kinds of oysters on there, the Irish points from Canada representing the East Coast uh, Virginica oysters, and from the West Coast we have the Gigamoto oysters. We have uh, four pieces of the uh, Pacific white uh, shrimp, then we have a lobster cocktail. Along with that, we have our cocktail sauce, um, we, what we call Lady Rose sauce, which is a pink cocktail sauce for the lobster. And then we have the uh, cucumber mignonette sauce. That's the best thing to have with the oysters because it really, really goes great with the oysters. That's cucumber mignonette. Those, um, those shrimp are the size of a baby's arm. They're huge. Yeah, they're big ones. Uh, we, we only buy those ones... Uh, they're expensive, but we really like like the flavor of them more than anything else. 
They're and wild. the presentation is beautiful too. Yeah. And it's it's a lot of fun being able to to make those kind of platters from the from the raw bar every day, and we sell an awful lot of fresh oysters and lobsters out here. And if you're a seafood person, there's nothing like you know the the flavor of really really fresh seafood. So, chef, growing up on the Jersey Shore, it was huge for us to always have fresh seafood. So for me and to have this experience sitting in this boat right now with this raw seafood, I am I'm in heaven. Well, that's fantastic. You know, it's like a, a trip back to the shore Absolutely. and that's what the boathouse is all about. Absolutely. Wow, thank you so much. I am uh, I am super excited to dig in. Kids, don't you touch daddy's food. You can't have any of this. Chef said this is adults only, right? No? <laughs> no. So Chef, I want to make sure that we're doing it right. So the cocktail sauce you should pair with the shrimp. And Absolutely. and in terms of the oysters, do you think you just eat them raw or is it cocktail sauce? What what do you what's the way that you recommend? We like to eat the oyster with a little bit of squeeze of lemon or with the uh, mignonette sauce. It really it, it raises the oyster to another level and it complements it perfectly. The East Coast oyster is all about um, levels of brininess texture, some sweetness, and the West Coast oyster is a totally different species, and there's more like flavors like um, cucumbers and melon flavors in the West Coast oyster, and they're delicious. I'm so excited. As you're talking, <laughs> these people are diving in as if they've never eaten before. So, Chef, you were so right about the, the essence of the cucumber with the rice vinegar. It adds such spectacular flavor to these oysters. <laughs> And Nicholas, Nicholas just devoured a giant shrimp, and you didn't put anything on it, right? So is the shrimp sweet enough that you don't need any kind of sauce on it? Yeah, it's amazing. Excellent. All right. So how about hooking Big Daddy up with one of those one of those oysters? We love seeing the little kids eating the raw oysters here at the at the boathouse. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's nice uh, to introduce them to fresh seafood when they're young. Oh. That's so good. Because, you know, a lot of times you see people eating oysters, and they almost sort of mask the flavor of the oyster with a cracker and a lot of horseradish and a lot of cocktail sauce, which I think takes away from the flavor of the oyster itself. A lot of people are, uh, a lot of people are scared to eat oysters, but they want to eat them anyway. And uh, even especially some of the uh, local Florida oysters and Gulf oysters, they, they're not that we They don't have a tremendous amount of flavor or brine. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty traditional in, in oyster bars to put a lot of uh, spicy sauces and cocktail sauce on the oyster, but we, we think that the oyster flavor comes through better without it. Yeah. Nicholas, was that your first oyster, like, ever? Yes. And what did you think? It was awesome. Are you, like, hooked on oysters now? Yes. Yeah, go get a job. Uh, <laughs> all right, who wants this last one? I will. Go ahead, Marion. I'm going to do that because I want to dig into, uh, I want to try one of the shrimp. This is so good. Oh, my God. My third one already. It's eight and a half. What is it? So, I got to ask, how's the suicide? Amazing. Yeah. With that, every soda that we have in the bowl. Mixed together. Is that what you had, Nicholas? Yeah. yeah. You had every soda mixed together? <laughs> yes, it was very no. good. It's called the suicide. It's called the suicide. Great. The suicide for the parent. That shrimp oh my God, is so delicious. And it's so tender, too. I'm going to go get you some more food, but for now, I want to talk uh, about this. Oh. This is a uh, tuna poke appetizer. 
On the bottom is um, avocados and mango. And then we have fresh ahi tuna, and it's marinated in a, a soy lime vinaigrette with a little bit of sriracha, which is a Japanese uh, chili spice, and then uh, served with a couple of chips on the side. It's delicious. Yeah, you just became a new best yeah, friend. Yeah. Kids, do not touch my tuna mine, pokey. Mine, 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 <laughs> mine, mine, mine. <laughs> Wait, you sound like the seagulls from Finding Nemo. So let's try a little piece of the lobster first before we move on to here. So what are we thinking so far? That was that was phenomenal. I'll just I'm gonna use spoiled. Well, you come to the boathouse, you're gonna get spoiled. So you dip it in the ramen here. Yeah. Mm. Good. Fantastic. That is sweet and it's tender. Man, don't you don't, don't eat that lobster. You're not gonna like it. Let me take care of that for you. It's so buttery and smooth. You could eat it without I'm the remoulade. That's how good it is. I ate it without the sauce. It was amazing. That is phenomenal. Yeah, medium for the steak would be great. Thank you. Excellent. Wow, this is... I could do this all day. Like, I could just pick on appetizers. Like, this is the way we love to eat. And this is what it's nice, too, is you can come and get a number of things like this and just share among friends. We haven't even talked about the actual menu yet. But this, uh, I am a tuna person, so this uh, yellowfin tuna pokey has got avocado, mango, and a soy lime vinaigrette instead of sriracha, too. Wait, Nicholas, no, no, I have to photograph it first, although I'm going to forget to put these photos up, I'm sure. Okay, look at this. Did you just take the whole claw? I totally did. Who wants the first bite? The whole can? I mean, the whole claw? Yeah. I'm trying to hold the microphone and that... Yeah, that's all you. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this uh, tuna pokey. Because if I could, if I had to be stranded on a deserted island with only one food, it would probably be tuna. Okay, so so this the wait, the, oh. so I can't even tell you. I just, I just, the lobster was so thirty seconds. Ago. Oh my gosh, I know. I can't help it, but it's so good. I'm Look at the size of the pieces of tuna on here. And as somebody who loves tuna sushi, the first thing you notice is the color. There's great big chunks of avocado. Oh. <laughs> Come on. Shut up. No, no, you don't want this. He's, the chef said this is for meal. What are you doing? Why do I people why do I bring you people with me? It's so All right. good. Is Marion, did you try this? Yeah. That right there may be one of the best things I've ever <laughs> put in my mouth. That's better than the Ahi Tuna Tower on the Disney Cruise. Which I was going to say, that's always like our go-to thing. When we go to Enchanted Garden, we get it, we get, we all get the Ahi Tuna Tower, which is the same type of thing, tuna over avocado. I normally ask our server, and they do, they bring it to us every meal. This is on a whole different type of level. Um, and it's got a nice little bite at the back end of it, too. The thing is, is that the tuna is marinated so delicately but you still get the wonderful flavor of what a great uh, fish this is. Not fishy at all, but so sweet and buttery. Mm. So I'm looking at the menu, which we'll talk about in a second. The yellowfin tuna pokey from the Raw Bar is $18. And unlike the one on the Dream, if you've been on the, on the Dream of the Fantasy or before, it's much bigger. So it's probably the diameter of a softball and maybe where it was three inches high this is phenomenal and also has a number of house made um, mm, 
Very lightly. You're still eating the claw. That's fine. Here, this is one of our uh, oh. fabulous sous chefs, <laughs> David Lambert here. With a fi- this is called a uh, Florida Smokehouse fish, fish dip right here, which is an appetizer meant for sharing. And um, I'm going to let Dave tell you about that one. <laughs> uh, we butcher all our own fish in-house. Um, we take all the, uh, the end pieces uh, that we have from that. We smoke them right here in-house. Um, we do make, uh, make our own chip. Sorry. Earpiece out. Um, we do make our own chips uh, as well. Uh, everything's fried fresh. And uh, the, the dip itself is finished off with a couple fried capers, some uh, ribbons of green onion, and a lemon wedge. Um, does have our, uh, boat, our boathouse seasoning. Our roasting salt. Yep, we uh, we use cherry wood in our smoker, and then we uh, f- make that fish dip. It's very traditional. The base is uh, cream cheese, mayonnaise, but we add a little bit of sriracha to kick up the heat on it a little bit, and it's it's been doing real well for us. I'm, chefs, it's going to be really hard <laughs> to beat this tuna. I would eat this all day. Every, that might be my death row meal right there. So, Chef, when we go on the Disney cruise, one of our favorite things is the tuna tower. So whoever is our server in, they bring us a plate of tuna towers at every different restaurant that we go to. This, by far, is probably the most decadent tuna tower that I have tasted. It is. And that little bit of heat that you get on the back end is such a nice way to finish that off. I would eat that all day, every day. That's a great compliment. Thanks for saying so. We, we work hard to make sure that that is as fresh as it can be. It's made to order one at a time, and we just want it to be perfect every time it goes out of the kitchen. Yeah, that's exceptional. Right, that's really good. You. Thank you so much. So once you're done with this stuff here, we'll clear it away, <laughs> and then I have a whole wave of more stuff. All right, guys. All right, let me get a quick picture. Can you Marianne, guys show your drinks or anything? Chris is here for you. If you want to uh, pair a couple of wines with the next courses, Chris will get you whatever you, whatever he recommends. You guys can get it. Perfect. Okay? Thank you so much, Chef. Good. I'm taking a chance. <laughs> Oh my god. I could eat this. I'm so happy that you're distracted by that lobster because that left so much tuna for me. Oh my god. That is so good. I know. I'm still eating it. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. So you like the you like the dip and the chips? It's the, so good. Alright, oh, so oh look at Mary, thank you so much. I mean, you're a little light on you. You were a little light on the, the the dip. You can put a little bit more on there for me. Don't be shy. There you go. Mm. That is so good. You can really taste the caper. You can taste the seasoning and the fish, and it just all balances each other balances each other out. You get a little bit of heat on the back end, and it's really really good with the chips. And what's nice about this too is a lot of times you get a fish dip, and it's very it's, it's muddled, and it's also it's masked by a lot of mayonnaise or a lot of the uh, accoutrements. But you really get such a delicious, wonderful, not overly heavy fish flavor in there. Right, Nicholas? Yes. <laughs> Our waiter said we need to try a little bit of hot sauce in the fish dip. Nice. I'll bring it. And while you start preparing that, I'm going to finish off what, what little is left of this tuna. There you go. This is really, and I said, when you try it, a lot of times you get a fish dip that's very mayonnaise it's very creamy, and it's almost 
a lot of the filler as opposed to more of the fish. This was right. Oh, wait. It's better with the... All right, hold on. Now Thank you. Mm. I love just a little bit of heat. Now, what, now what, you didn't put normal Tabasco on there. No, it's cold. You put crystal. I just got it. I just got the heat. Crystal Louisiana's, Louisiana's pure crystal hot sauce, which I've never had before. No. He said that the Tabasco tends to be a little bit more vinegary, mm-hmm. whereas this crystals is not. Yeah. And it adds such beautiful flavor to the fish dip. It does. It really sort of layers it a lot. It and it's, Marion, you're right. That with the capers, and the, you can tell that these chips are fresh. They're not heavy. They're not greasy at all. See, like this, what we're doing right here, I don't even need, I mean, don't tell the chef this. I don't even need an entree because I, we could just pick on these type of appetizers all day long. So let's just very quickly come back with, and again, the menu is extensive. And I know, you know, there are some restaurants where they might only have five or six items on the menu. There's got to be 40 plus items. So from the raw bar, they have oysters on the half shell, which chef described the Boathouse Lobster Cocktail, which is a half chilled one and a quarter pound lobster. The beach-caught wild Pacific shrimp, yellowfin tuna pokey, which if you even remotely like tuna, and I never met a tuna I didn't like, uh, it is exceptional. And the jumbo lump crab and avocado at a tarragon remoulade, which is very nice. There's also a number of salads, including a wedge, a chopped, a buffalo chicken, Caesar, and garden. And to that point, and we're going to illustrate that with the steak chef is bringing out, if you're not a seafood person or you're dining with somebody who is not a seafood lover, there are a lot of non-seafood dishes here. And I've actually had the steak once before uh, during the, the tasting that I was at. It was delicious. So in terms of appetizers, which they call the launch, there's the Boathouse Pimento Cheese, the Florida-style Smokehouse Fish Dip, which we're enjoying slash devouring right now. That's $13. Firecracker shrimp, which I have sriracha mayo, shishito peppers, uh, hoisin chili calamari. What? <laughs> With bell peppers, jalapeno, serrano chili, a main lobster bisque. But wait, there's more. A blue star Angus carpaccio, which is really nice. Local cedar key middle neck clams. And they also have dockside buckets with clam strips, crispy fish, or coconut wild Pacific jumbo shrimp. I haven't even gotten close to the main entrees yet. Oh, by the way, we haven't even gotten close either. Our next round of appetizers are on their way. Yikes. So what they should... I wonder if they sell Boathouse stretchy pants in the gift shop. All right. So moving down to the fish features, they have grilled fish tacos. I'm going to go quickly because there is a lot, but I want to give you a sampling of what's here. Coriander seared ahi tuna. I am a sucker for a good ahi tuna. Cedar plank salmon, which I believe we're going to try out. The broiled Atlantic swordfish steak, and there's also an, an original lobster bake for two. One and a quarter pound Maine lobster, clams, andouille sausage, red potatoes, corn on the cob, and a boathouse lobster broth. From the sandwich menu, they do have a classic boathouse burger. There's the Gibson's Sandwich King Award winning burger, which has crispy cherry peppers, jalapeno Havarti, and spiced mayo. Don't take my fish dip, woman. Double, triple cheddar burger. The Boathouse Barbecue Bacon Burger, the Yacht Club Club, which is a roasted turkey breast club, the New England Lobster Roll, which sounds interesting, steak sandwich, and filet mignon sliders. And they use Gibson, the USDA Blue Star Heritage Angus Steak. They're still, I'm not even close to done with the menu yet. 
There's jumbo lump crab cake, grilled wild Pacific shrimp and grits, uh, full rack competition style pork baby back, baby back, baby back ribs, cherry wood smoked half a chicken, Maine lobster and pappardelle pasta, baked crab stuffed lobster, garden pasta shells, and shrimp and andouille, wait for it, Nicholas, shrimp and andouille sausage, mac and cheese. Boom. We're ordering that, and also, I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. But there's also, so like I said, if you are not a uh, if you're not a steak person, they do have steaks and chops and other provisions. They have a New York steak, which is an eight ounce steak um, and fries, a filet mignon, a, a, a twelve or eight ounce New York strip porterhouse, uh, Chicago cut ribeye, and the filet mignon Oscar style, which is really nice because that's served with uh, jumbo lump crab, asparagus, and don't get saucy with me, Bernays. They also you can make any entree a surf and turf. You can add a steamed whole main lobster man which weighs as much as you it's a one and a quarter pound for $29 and for the sides in case you are still hungry fresh cut fries truffle fries with lemon aioli sea salt baked potato mac and cheese steamed broccoli asparagus corn of the cob and roasted new potatoes that is an incredibly extensive menu and in terms of pricing so entrees look as though that they range anywhere from about $15 up to, obviously, you know, when you get to the, the 12-ounce filet mignons, you're, you're probably in, you're in the, the $40 range. The lobster will be in the, uh, the mid-30s. But everything else, uh, again, you can get pastas for under $20. Uh, everything seems to be really basically in the low to mid-20s and then up from there. But, I mean, looking at the menu, it's very extensive. And, obviously, there's a, it's very accessible, too. Because if you're not a fish person, some people say, well, I'm not a, I don't like seafood. There's a lot of non-seafood dishes there as well. I think the menu is very, very good. And it's not, like, too overpriced. But, it, and, but still, everything on the menu sounds good, especially that shrimp mac and cheese <laughs> sausage thing. Everything sounds good. I mean, granted, we're hungry and we're foodies, um, but I, I like the fact that there is a lot of choices. You know, I, I think about coming back here years and years ago, thank you, when Captain Jack's Oyster Bar was here, and they did have a menu, but there were maybe only six or seven items on it. Here, like I said, I mean, I probably read through 50 different items. So, Marion, when you were looking at, did you look at the menu, or did anything sort of jump out at you as like, OMG, that's the thing you need to try? Well, I mean, I think there are so many things for me to just choose one thing. And, I mean, it's really great because even somebody who doesn't like seafood can come to a seafood place and get a burger or get pasta or get steak. You don't have to get any kind of seafood at all if you don't like it. The stuff that really jumped out at me, or the only thing that jumped out at me, was everything... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the thing that jumped at me mostly was the, that mac and cheese. Oh, I'm my sure. God. It sounds like the most beautiful <laughs> thing ever. Now, there is a kids' menu, too. So what, what, what's on the kids' menu very quickly? So I love the fact that they have different offerings for children here, which is wonderful. They have a grilled salmon. They have a Blue Star Angus burger. They have popcorn shrimp. They have macaroni and cheese. They have grilled chicken breast sandwich. And, of course, all those can come with a choice of carrot sticks, fruit, or fries. Um, 
I might go for the desserts also. An Oreo chocolate fudge sundae, a strawberry kebab with chocolate fudge sauce, a mango sorbet with fresh strawberries, and a mint chocolate chip ice cream sandwich. All for $4. So clearly you have not seen the baked Alaska yet. Oh, my. Um, I mean... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's so Okay, so that that looks like a little plate of heaven right there. That's a uh, carpaccio, and we're proud of our beef here. It's called USDA Gibson's Blue Star Angus Beef. It's a government designation. Uh, Gibson's Restaurant Group are the only company that has its own government beef designations. It's uh, very high quality, a lot of marbling, just lightly seared on the outside and then sliced paper thin with a little bit of arugula salad, and uh, uh, the arugula so- salad's tossed with some... Um, Grana Padano cheese and a touch of uh, lemon vinaigrette. And that's nothing but fresh squeezed lemon juice and olive oil. So that's delicious. Over there we have the, um, we call that firecracker shrimp. Those are small shrimp that are uh, breaded in um, Asian marinade and a breading and deep fried. And then we toss it in a sriracha mayonnaise. Inside there are some whole uh, shishito peppers. They're not spicy, but they have a great flavor. And I can see, I can just tell by looking at first of all, you can smell it. As soon as it comes to the table, but you can see it's not a heavy fry to it too. You know, you're not sort of masking the flavor of the shrimp in right, the fry. Very light, very light, and the flavor the flavor of the shrimp is really nice on that. And then we have a miniature version because um, I don't want to overwhelm you here with our uh, wedge salad, which is a uh, a wedge of um, iceberg lettuce. We make all of our dressings and sauces in house, so that's our house made um, uh, blue cheese dressing. One thing we do different with that is we actually drizzle. Some of our lemon vinaigrette over the, the wedge so that you got vinaigrette inside the wedge salad, which most places don't do that, so it's kind of dry inside. And then we have um, uh, heirloom cherry tomatoes, um, a buttermilk blue cheese, and uh, Nooski's uh, smoked bacon lardons on top. And I'll tell you, just so far, the one thing that caught me as we're sort of going through a lot of the, uh, the, the different appetizers is, you know, we're eating relatively a lot of food, but it, it's very light. Like, nothing is very heavy at all. Like I said, even you can tell on the fry, it's very light. So we're eating a lot, but you still feel like you can eat more? <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we have a pretty extensive menu. Um, one of the things we want to be able to do here at Disney Springs is appeal to everybody. We don't want to be a high-end steakhouse or seafood restaurant and be intimidating. So if you come in here, you could get a, an appetizer for your meal, or if you wanted to come in and get... Uh, filet medallion sliders for twelve dollars and a drink. You can get out relatively cheap, and we and a lot of the appet- a lot of people just like to come in and share appetizers for their meal, and we have a lot of good ones for that. Yeah, that's uh, we were just saying we could do this, and we just might all day long um, and never even get to a meal because they're nice. You get a group of friends together; it's easily shareable, and the menu is so very accessible too. I was saying, even if you're not a seafood person, you have an extensive, uh, you know, beef and chicken and pasta menu too. Yep, and then you go back for another round of oysters. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Chef thinks; he's our people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I think we should. So, because these shrimp are right in front of me. Oh my gosh! I've got to take a picture. You took pictures. All right, good. Mm. So, I love fried shrimp, but sometimes you get fried shrimp and it's so heavily breaded and it's almost devoid of flavor. All you're tasting is the breading. It's got such a nice 
light coating to it. And again, just a hint of heat that gives it a lot more depth of flavor than you would have sort of in a traditional fried shrimp. Man, did you try this yet? Uh, you'll love it. You had the carpaccio? Oh my gosh. Like, it's not only so thin and like delicate, but it also has this like coating and this and some olive oil on it that just really gives it a pop and like a punch. And oh my gosh, it's so good. Oh my gosh. I could eat it all day. Keep talking. I'm still chewing. I tried the firecracker shrimp and it was amazing. It has a nice little kick to it. It's like not heavily breaded and it's just perfect and the flavors all just come together. Come and it's really nice because a lot of times you hear a little bit of heat and you think my kids won't like it. You guys are 10 and 12 years old and it is. It's all um, it's very accessible. So they also do a wonderful thing here. They do a wine pairing with any type of appetizer or entree. So they brought over a Justin 15 Central Coast Sauvignon Blanc white wine and it is very, it's not too sweet it's not too dry, it actually adds such um, another whole depth of flavor to the appetizers that they just bought around for us so Lou, I think you need to taste this with a shrimp Right, because the, the nice thing about it, a, a good wine pairing, and again not holding myself out to be a wine expert at all is that you can enjoy the flavor of wine, but a food can complement the flavor of a wine in the same way a wine can bring out additional flavors in the food. So I have not tried the carpaccio yet. I want to try it without one of the piece toasted of pieces of bread. Mm. It's sliced, paper thin. You get just a hint of the sear and the peppercorn on the outside. It's, um, it's buttery, you know? It's got a very buttery texture to it. I was going to ask Marion, but you're eating another one. You like that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I don't even want to mask it with the bread. So. What I do have to say is this offering is absolutely phenomenal to share for four people. And it's so light, too. So light. And what I also do like is the arugula that they put on has such a wonderful flavor. As the chef was saying, they prepare all of their vinaigrettes here in-house, and it's not overbearing at all. It's tossed very lightly, something that you can order, probably, I'm sure, as an entree, if you'd like, with something like fish or something on it. It's delicious. Yeah, and you know, some of these things, you might say, oh, my kids would never eat it. So I, I love, that's why I like bringing the kids, is because you can see that these are things that kids are, right? So, Marion, this is not something... That you would never even think about trying before, but it's something that you think other kids would enjoy. Um, I mean, I would probably never try it. Um, if I like, if you'd said, "Oh, try this," like I'd probably like. But now that I've tried it, I actually really do like it. It's so thin and it's not only light, but so you get the peppercorn more, and stuff. Uh, <laughs> and, oh my gosh! <laughs> we're, you know what, Chef? We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> I told you it was going to be intimidating. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Don't touch it until we photograph it and until I try it first. Oh, my God. Oh, oh hello. Oh, so, so shepherds bring out small little sort of demi-task cups. So mm. No, don't. 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 Oh, Sorry. Nothing goes to waste here. Thank you. I, and I love those shrimp, too. I I might skip the salad just because I don't want to okay, fill up. So I'll tell you about the salad. So the blue cheese dressing is not heavy at all. Along, uh, paired with these 
heirloom tomatoes and the bacon is crisp and clean. And for this as a meal, if you want to come in with another appetizer, it's, it's decadent. Chef, we could do this all day. That was exceptional. Oh, good, good. I'm glad you're liking it. So uh, right here, this is called uh, local Cedar Key steamed clams. Very simple. We take a little bit of white wine and a house-made garlic butter. We steam the clams in the wine and butter and uh, serve it straight up just like that. And then I got you a sample of our lobster bisque, which we're real proud of. Uh, we serve so many lobsters in here that we... Um, Love making the lobster bisque, and it's we, we get good reviews on that, and uh, I thought that you had to try that if you were going to come to the boathouse. No. Chef, that is delicious. One of Nicholas's favorite things is lobster bisque, so I think you just made his day. Nick, what do you think? That is the most amazing lobster bisque I've ever eaten in my uh, Mary, I thought your eyes were going to fall out of your head. This is probably the best lobster bisque I've ever tried. This is so good. Oh, my gosh. And again, we come from a you know a northeast background where we had lobster bisque all over. Wow, Nicholas is almost done already. He's gonna lick the little cup here. And chef, this you know, so people, what you you run a, a very large scratch kitchen, correct? Absolutely. Uh, we have a, we have about a uh, hundred cooks on our payroll in the kitchen. Wow. Um, we we're doing some somewhere in the vicinity of about three thousand uh, guests a day in our restaurant, and everything is made from scratch. It's a lot of uh, it's a labor of love, I'll tell you that. So what I love too is in today's society how everyone loves non-processed food. Nothing is coming from a bag or a box, and it, it is so good because, unlike my husband, sometimes I'm a little bit more health conscious for our family. So Wait, I, love what you, what? I love the fact that everything is totally from scratch. Well, you know what? I think uh, you know our society is coming out of of a, of a dark uh, period of processed foods and fast food and people not learning how to cook and uh, a whole generation of, of young people that have never cooked a meal before and going in the right direction, which is uh, more fresh items made from scratch uh, with love. So that's what we do here. That was delicious. So we need to dig in on... Um, did you take a picture of the clams yet? I did. did you take a picture of the clams? Wait. More lobster bakes. Here, do you want mine? Do you want to, you can finish mine, kiddo. So let's dig in and try these clams. And again, coming from the Northeast, you know, how uh, how a clam is cooked, how oysters are cooked and prepared so, is so important. Let me tell you something about this sauce. There's something about a way a clam is cooked because it is also cooked in the broth that it's steamed with, okay? So you do sometimes get a grittiness or a sandiness. This broth is very light with butter and garlic. You can never go wrong with garlic, but when you use such easy, simple herbs to bring out the, you don't need a lot of herbs, but it brings out the taste in the in the seafood, it's delicious. <laughs> We're stalling, we're stalling. <laughs> we're stalling because I'm trying to dig one out. So, mm. Salt, pepper, butter, garlic, parsley, I mean, it is really above and beyond. It's delicious. And they're, they're cooked just the right way because, you know, the, I think what sometimes throws people off about clams and oysters is that the consistency, the, the last thing that you want mm-hmm. is is a clam that's that's rubbery or not cooked appropriately, cooked. right? These are, they're not too small and also nice. not too big. They're a little nice. And you, almost, you know, there's a nice um, sort of garlic toast on the side. 
again, when they're cooked right and they're prepared right, and that, again, the, the garlic and the butter and the sauce is just right, you don't want to mask that flavor with anything else. Absolutely. Simplicity is always the best. So you, I love that they give you this little, these little biscottis on the side because sometimes the little the sauce you want to soak up too. <laughs> and I love the fact that you guys are here because there's enough of you to keep talking so I can keep eating the shrimp. Nicholas ate both, mine and his, of the lobster bisque. Marion's still going to town, and I made Chef leave the, the carpaccio <laughs> because it was so good. Marion, you got See, this is really nice. Like, what we're doing here, what we're doing here is uh, is where I think a, a really nice afternoon or evening can be where you get together with your family or friends, you order a few appetizers, you sit, you enjoy the atmosphere. Again, it's family-friendly. It's very laid back. And one thing, too, and, and we'll see when I, I'll post the pictures in the show notes. So if you go to www.radio.com, click on these quicks podcast. I'll post the pictures pre-devouring. Um, the portions are very large, too, because sometimes you see things on the menu and you get, you know, a saucer-sized portion of shrimp. I mean, there was a lot of shrimp. There's a lot of carpaccio. So these are very much meant to be shared or eaten by me alone. So now Nicholas is on his fourth cup of lobster bisque. But, um, yes, back to the portions. You could easily be here with family and friends and share all these. And they really are um, the essence of the taste of all the seafood that comes out with just a couple of spices here and there. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, this is, um, this is nice. I could, yeah. So, okay, so I have... Keep talking so I can few, keep eating. I have a few favorites, but this might, so far, very quickly move up to the top of my list. Because I love fresh food prepared like this, and seafood is one of my favorite things. So this might... Did you try the shrimp? I did. And at Mangello's restaurant, my mother-in-law used to make this wonderful shrimp recipe, very similar to this. And this recipe is very, very light, not a lot of spice. Don't tell my mom I like this one better. I'm not going to tell your mother that you like this one better. But, <laughs> but this is also very, very lightly fried, so it's delicious. Yeah. And again, super... Excuse <coughs> me. Super shareable. Okay, so Lou's choking, so I'll, I'll speak for right now. I'm eating too fast. He's eating too fast because our next course is coming out. And Nicholas just is devouring his fourth cup of lobster bisque. You okay? Mom, I already devoured it. You had, Nicholas, you had four cups of the lobster bisque. So is that, um, is that your favorite thing so far? Yes. But wait, there's more. There's more, Nick. So I'm going to have to just wait. Soak up some of this sauce here. Oh, my gosh. Two courses down. 16 more to go. There you go. So as we're still waiting through to our, our next course, Chris just came over. And, and we're locals. You know, we talk about how Disney Springs is really become a destination. And places like the Boathouse, I think people sometimes don't realize that it's more than just a sit-down restaurant. There's the bars and stuff outside, there's live music, and then some of the boats outside are not just for display only, correct? 
Yeah, so we do have our, uh, our Venetian water taxi. It's $250 a couple for a wine cruise. We do it every Saturday night at 6.30. Uh, each couple gets uh, four different types of wines. Uh, so we do a uh, Prosecco, which is the oldest Prosecco in the world, 1886. Uh, it's a, uh, where the Bellini first originated. Uh, we also have our Santa Margarita Pinot Grigio. We also do a uh, Chianti and our Janus Cabernet. I call it like a boxing match when it comes to wine tasting. Start out nice and sweet, and you end with that full-bodied cab that's just going to knock you out. Uh, it's $250 a couple. You also get a meat and cheese board with different med- uh, mixed veggies that are grown locally here in Florida. So right now we've got different strawberries, berries, because those just came into season about a month ago. Uh, pair those up with three different kinds of cheeses. Our, uh, our fish dip that you guys actually had earlier today. And we also do uh, prosciutto, a uh, peppered salami, and like you have on your table, our um, carpaccio. So it's about an hour to hour and a half, depending on how long we go. And if the captains are nice, they'll go out a little longer. That's a you know that's a really nice romantic kind of date night kind of thing. Take your wife, girlfriend. Wh- you put your kids in one of the camps, which they have a, a ton of them here, and the kids love it. And you take your significant other out and do that for a wonderful evening. What I, I didn't even know. I'm going to be taking my significant other. And, and I hope you can have a great time. That's a, and that's what I was saying before. I think people don't realize how much more Disney Springs has to offer and you sort of you, you don't realize that the experience goes beyond just the meal especially in places like this especially with uh, Town Center just opening last month it's kind of bringing all business here to Disney Springs with all these new restaurants all these new shops it's kind of creating business for everyone else people think if you open up a new restaurant it's going to hurt your business well the more restaurants we have the more we get to compete with and the more fun we have with our meals such as our uh, crab BLT sandwiches and that's sort of a signature of Steve Shustler too it, it, you know he really does create dining experiences and I've had the pleasure of, of meeting Steve a number of times over the years going back to the opening of uh, T-Rex Cafe, which actually was the very first video I ever did. So he understands the idea of experiential and themed dining that really is grounded, first and foremost, in good... Did he just bring you an entire... Oh, my God, look at I'm so excited He just brought you a soft-shell crab sandwich and a brontosaurus-sized... Th- so this is uh this is David Ramos. He's my one of my great sous chefs, and he's also has the title of pitmaster for the for the boathouse. So I'm gonna let him talk about this. It's called uh, competition style baby back ribs, and the reason why it's competition style, I'm gonna let David explain to you. This is awesome because we're getting like lunch and a show and an explain. This is this is awesome. Thank you. Hi. So we call them competition-style barbecue ribs because uh, the way we prep them, we marinate them for 24 hours, and then they get rubbed. We take them out of the uh, barbecue, uh, out of the uh, marinade, and we rub them on both sides. They get a nice coating, a coating of the uh, own rub that we make here in the house, and then they get smoked for about an hour and a half on the smoker, and then we take them out of the smoker, and they still they get a nice flavor of smoke, but they're still a little bit tough, so we finish them in the oven. We take them out, we wrap them, we put in... Uh, butter, honey, and brown sugar, and then they get wrapped and they get finished in the oven. That way the steam from the, uh, from the honey and from the butter finish up uh, cooking the ribs, and then that's what you get as an end result. It's like ribs wrapped in a little bit of heaven. So I just got to curious. I may have fallen in love with these two men. They had just brought out my two favorite dishes in the whole world, a, 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 a rib platter and a fried soft shell crab platter. So, Lou, I love you. It's been real. But let me tell you. So, and Chef, for people who are curious, because, you know, you see um, 
uh, barbecue ribs. There's, there's a ton of, ton of different styles. Kansas City and St. Louis. How would you describe sort of what style are these? Like Carolina style? Those are what we call uh, Florida style uh, barbecue. It's a little, it makes a little bit of everything. Has a dry rub. Has just a, a little bit of uh, uh, barbecue sauce at the end. It's not saucy. It just hasn't has that nice shine coating on just for the flavor. So, Dave, tell a little bit about your uh, competition experience and where you learned how to do those. Well, I got involved in barbecue because uh, that was one of my hobbies when I was uh, when I was growing up. And then meeting here, uh, Chef Bob, he got me involved in competition uh, uh, barbecue. So I went in and I took it upon myself. I went to the uh, KCBS. I got uh, certified as a uh, barbecue judge, and that that way it helped me gained a little bit more knowledge on, on what they're looking for for competitions. And then joining him, uh, doing different uh, competitions throughout the state, I mean, it gave me a little bit more knowledge on how we cook, how things are going to be cooked different, uh, like what you get in any other restaurant versus what you get in a competition. Because for a competition, you only get a chance to impress the judges for, on one bite. So you got to put all the flavor that you have into that one bite. That way the judge will give you the best score when it's time to... Uh, when it comes down to judging uh, the product, so how there's about, a lot of there's a lot of love in here. There's yeah, a lot of love in these rooms. Yeah. So how about we have some fun here and turn the tables on the barbecue judge, and you guys can judge him on his ribs. How about that? <laughs> All right. So listen, the first so the first thing I want to do is is you need to see just how tender they are, and before, so Deanna, you're grabbing the knife. I'm grabbing a rib because and that's right. The first, look how it just falls apart when you grab it. Oh, so oh my God. first thing. Oh, so do you taste the honey? So the first thing I notice is how tender it is. I mean, it literally just falls off the bone, and it's not drenched in sauce except the stuff that's on my face. Chef, don't look me like that. I'm, I didn't get my napkin. It's fine, um, but it ha- it does have a, a really nice thickness and consistency. So you taste the, the sweetness of the honey. But it's not one of those um, uh, ribs where it's, thank you so much, where it's, um, it's just dripping. And again, we talked before about the masking of the flavor of the actual meat itself. So I had spoken uh, before in, with Chef Bob about masking flavors and how easy it is to bring out the essence of what you're eating. And the simplicity of these ribs is wonderful. Even though they have been basted in these wonderful, <laughs> this honey and everything, it, it falls right off the, the bone and... You don't even need a knife. So, Chef, let me tell you something. You did an amazing job. Nicholas, you haven't said a word because you were like, you were eating these like they're, that they're going out of style. What do you think? They're the most amazing ribs I've ever tasted in my life. And you have eaten in the past. You have eaten literal like world champion ribs in South Florida. So, you do have uh, some little. Mary, you are, you're literally licking the sauce off your fingers. That a girl? It's like it has a nice like spiciness. But it's, like, sweet at the same time, and it just falls. Oh, my God, they're so good. i got to eat more. And that's it. It is a really nice chef. There's such a wonderful balance of the sweetness and the spiciness and that little bit of smoke, too. Those are exceptional. I uh, I applaud you. Those are, And they're not, um, you know what, too? They're not, um, you get some ribs that are very, very fatty. And, and, yes, you get some flavor from the fat, but these are not, I mean, these are very, very, Deanna's moved on. She's like, she's like, the ribs were so 15 seconds ago. That's all she's been wanting. And you don't need any, Chef Dave, thank you so much. Uh, you don't even have to add any more sauce on top of it. You know, it is sauce. Those are sauce perfectly. All right, cut me down one of the, oh, I still have more here. 
so I can do it one-handed because it literally falls apart. Mm. All right, so I'm not going to let you rest too much here. <laughs> this is a, uh, a new item on the menu, and it's called a Boathouse Barbecue Bacon Burger. So since we have all this stuff in-house now, we're making pimento cheese for an appetizer. We're, we have the barbecue sauce, the barbecue spice. That's what we're using on that burger. It's our barbecue rub and barbecue sauce on the bottom of the burger. We have some of our um, creamy coleslaw and then a couple of strips of nice applewood smoked bacon. It's messy and delicious, and some people have proclaimed it to be the best burger they've ever had, but I'll let you guys be the judge. And, Chef, that's a serious burger. Like, that's no joke. I mean, it, it looks like it probably weighs here. There's a good couple of pounds of... Uh... You know what? It's an 8-ounce patty, and our, our, we're, we're just as proud of our burger meat as we are of our steaks because it's the same uh, USDA Gibson's Blue Star Angus beef. It's made from uh, brisket and chuck, whole muscle meats, aged... And then ground to our specifications for the burger. So nobody else in town has that burger that we have. And uh, everything is better with bacon. Isn't that your mantra, Marion? And there's two huge strips of bacon just literally hanging off the sides. So I'll show you a couple other things here. <laughs> this is for demonstration purposes here. This is one of our kids' cheeseburgers. And just to show you how we serve it, we serve it in a little Amphicar uh, <laughs> boat. And that's fun for the kids. And then we have... Uh, this is called a WR cut Chicago, WR Chicago cut ribeye steak. That's the same uh, type of beef that we serve on the other stuff. It's a uh, 22 ounce bone-in ribeye. Um, this is a signature for Gibson's uh, Steakhouse in Chicago, and we we brought it down here too. Uh, a 22 ounce steak. Let that sink in for a second, because that's no joke. That's a uh, that's a serious cut of meat, right? But as you were bringing it to the table, like, I could just smell it. And, and I think that's, I think food is such a multi-sensory experience. It's not just what you taste, but what you see. And obviously the presentation is beautiful. But when you can smell it before it even hits the table, I think that's really a testament to just how, uh, what the flavors are going to be like. And you know what? It is. And another small uh, note is that the fries in front of you, those are all fresh cut. We, we don't have any frozen French fries in the building. We buy, we buy in anywhere between... Uh, one and two thousand pounds of potatoes and we blanch the potatoes and then we fry the fries fresh every day we don't even have a freezer on our hotline where we cook the food so you can tell yeah you can tell you can right? tell we're french fry people oh yeah you're eating my french fries woman what are you doing they're so good <laughs> um wow I don't, I don't know what to... I, you got pictures of everything? I will give you some of this because I know I'm... I definitely need to try some of the soft-shell crab. I'm going to let you uh, work Thank on that you. one for a little bit. Thank you so yeah. much, Thank Chef. Everything so much, is wonderful. Thank you. So do you want and don't, I don't take my ribs either. I will. Do you want the full <laughs> experience of the sandwich or just the soft-shell? You know what? I want to just try the soft-shell crab. It's so good. Because bread right now is just a placeholder. I don't want to... Aaron, would you like some soft-shell crab? I think I'm good for that. So it's a really nice-sized crab... Again, too, when you fry something, you know, I think so there's a right way and a wrong, a wrong way to do it. And when things are overly heavily fried and they're oily and they're greasy and there's a very heavy coating on it, I think it almost, you're tasting so much more of the fry batter than you are the actual meat itself. But these, like the fries, I mean, you can see through to the crab. It's very thin. It's very light. It's by far one of the best soft shell crabs I ever had. I've had them sautéed, but the texture on these, they're, they're lightly fried. It is, it, it's, it's delicious. It's decadent. 
You want to try one of the legs, Nicholas? They're delicious. You eat the whole thing. Here. I'm too full to eat it from the... Um... Right, you want to try one? You want to try a little leg? I'll try a leg. It's like a little, it's like a little crab French fry. What is this the leg of? It's a soft shell crab. Look, I'm eating the whole shell. This is fried so delicately, and it's oh my, there's so much flavor. It's so good. You almost don't even get the sense that it's fried. I don't. And the whatever, however it is that they're doing it, you know, the one thing about fried foods is, I personally don't like when it's very oily and very greasy. I mean, even, so, here's a testament. Look down at your hands. Your hands, when you pick up, like, a French fry, some fried foods, you have so much residual oil on it. That's not the case with this. Not that there's anything left, as of this moment, of my soft-shell crab. All right, so I'm going to cut the steak so everyone gets a piece. That's really good. And I served on a sandwich with bacon, avocado, arugula, and a really nice brioche bun. A nice remoulade sauce, yeah. And again, a, a massive, a heaping portion of French fries. I mean, there's got to be a pound of French Aren't these fries good, Marion? Very good. Okay. You don't have to so the kids are hitting the wall. Amateurs. What has been, what's been your favorite thing so far? Because you guys ate a lot. Is it the lobster bisque, Nicholas? Was it the raw bar? Was it the ribs? Probably the bisque. The bisque? Mariah, what's been your favorite so far? I think my favorite thing has probably been the ribs, but I cannot take my mind off of the s'mores thing that I'm going to be eating soon. Oh, so you're, you're pacing yourself. I get it. I see what you're doing. I'm so excited. You have no idea. So I just had a piece of that steak. That is phenomenal. So, again, it's the boathouse. That's, I need another piece of that. So it's look at so look at the color inside. It should almost take a picture of the way it's cooked inside. It's that perfect um, that perfect color of pink when you cook a steak just right, like a, a little rare on the inside, but that perfect medium. It's got a, a wonderful sear on the outside. So when you have when you're eating a really really good steak, you really never want to cook it so it's dead. You always want to cook your steak medium rare or medium so that you do have a, a, a coolness, a pink coolness inside. Especially when you have a grade A steak like we're eating right now. And this is absolutely charred on the outside, but cooked to perfection on the inside. So when you cook a steak, you should also let it rest once you take it off a grill. Because that way, the essence of the steak is able to capture a lot of the... um, It makes it actually your steak juicier. And that's the thing, too. When you cut it, you can just see how moist and juicy it is inside. Chef, uh, Chef has more food... I wasn't kidding when I said we need a bigger boat because we need a bigger table. This is a uh, cedar plank salmon right here. So that salmon is um, placed on a cedar plank that we soak overnight in water, and then it runs through a special oven that we have in the back that bakes at 850 degrees. When the when the salmon comes out on the cedar plank, the plank is almost catching on fire. Yeah, smell the burning wood. So you can see on the outside of that fish the coloration that's got a. a delicious smokiness and then it's uh, just served very simple with a little lemon vinaigrette on top of the fish and a little small salad to go with it chef I, I'm, I'm happy that you brought the steak out because before i when i was starting i was prefacing the review i was saying that there's a lot of things on the menu that are if you're not a seafood person it shouldn't scare you because there's so many non-seafood dishes and i think you know a lot of us we probably wouldn't have ordered the steak otherwise but 
It's so well cooked. And obviously, I mean, look, it's perfectly cooked and so well seasoned. Um, that is exceptional. That Thank is really you. Thanks. I, I figured you all for uh, medium rare folks. Yeah. And that's what Deanna was just saying, you know, how you prepare a steak, you know, so you're not killing it. So it is still pink and very moist. When you cut into a steak like that and the juices come out and there's that perfect coloration and, the, and those layers of colors on the inside, <laughs> Marion is literally closing her eyes as she's eating it. It's okay. And you're not normally, like, you're not normally a big steak person. Yeah, I don't really love, like, meat. But that is, like, so tender and seasoned, like, perfectly. There's a little bit of, like, a char on the outside. It's so good. It, I mean, it is, like, when you describe a steak as having a buttery texture, I mean, that's exactly... And, and now that you're pairing with your red wine, like, you are just in heaven on the opposite side of the table. That's delicious. That is delicious. So this steak has been paired with a Smith & Hook 14 Central Coast Cab, and it th- this... It's, it's not dry. It's not sweet. It actually adds such beautiful flavor to the texture of the steak. The creamy, buttery taste that you have inside the steak because it's cooked to, perfectly is wonderful. And they brought your free, they brought, he brought salmon out, too. Oh, now I have to have another piece with the one, of course. Thank you, It is so tender. It is so juicy. And again, you get such a, um, a wonderful flavor and texture from the steak, but that little sear and the char and the seasoning outside. So, Nicholas, you are, you're a meat and potatoes kind of guy. You love your steak. How does that sta- steak rank for you? Number one steak on property. Whoa, wait a second. That was unsolicited and unscripted. Wait a second. You just called that the number one steak on property? Yes. Wow. Well, there you go. From the mouth of babes. You want some wine with that? All right, probably not yet, but... That's, um... Yeah. That's a really nice pairing, too. So, before... And listen, the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to eat your salmon cold. So, did you guys take a picture of the salmon already? Yes. Okay. So, look... Watch how, as I stick my fork into the salmon, look at just how all that, those beautiful juices just come out over on the plank. Look at the color, that pink color of the salmon. Watch, look at that. Look at how the juice comes out of that salmon. Because one thing when you cook salmon, sometimes it can get very dry on the inside. Sweet Caroline. And I really, like... I like salmon, but I think I really need to be in the mood for it. Marin, you got to try that. Even if you don't think that you like it, it's hot, but try this. No, no, I love it. I it's, love it, will, I'm, I'm This so will change your life. It doesn't I'm matter. So full, I Nicholas, what do you think of that? Never won salmon on property. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so get that saltiness. Oh. <laughs> That's, oh. So wait a minute. I don't know if I like the set. Well, I'm obviously it's too. I don't know that salmon and and you know me, right? So I have to sort of really be in the mood for salmon, chef. That salmon um, was such a nice surprise. I mean, you can smell it when it came in, but when you stick your fork in it, and just all that moisture comes out, it's cooked perfectly. I love that um, that little bit of sweetness and saltiness on on top. That is excellent. 
Uh, Nicholas just dubbed this the best steak and the best salmon on property. property. And by far, this is this restaurant now has moved completely up the top of the ranks. Well, and what I like about it here is, and obviously we're getting a, we're getting to sample all at one time. There's such a variety of items to choose from. So you think Boathouse, it's all going to be fish or it's going to be fried fish. It's going to be typical sort of theme park, quote-unquote, food. I mean, obviously, this is not... You forget that you are sort of in Disney World, which I think is, is a, uh, a testament to the restaurant, right? It's not sort of a, a theme park version of exceptional food. It's exceptional food that happens to be surrounded by theme parks. And look, we've had everything from raw seafood to burgers to ribs to fish to steak to... Uh, you know, seafood entrees as well. You know, the other thing too is that this restaurant can become a unique dining experience for you and your family. So therefore, you know, we're doing a little bit different because we're trying it. Don't do, do it. Listen, do not try this at home because right. <laughs> this is a, this is a lot of food. It is, but you know what? As I said, it could be a unique dining experience. Whereas you come one night. When you're on vacation with your family and you do raw food, you come another night and you do a steak dinner. You know, you don't just have to have come here and get one specific thing. There is an array and an unbelievable amount. Well, there's, we could sort of, you know, there's a repeatability factor. Like an attraction, there's a repeatability factor to it. Because the, venue, the menu is so wide and so diverse, you can come here over and over again depending on what you're in the mood for. If you want to just split some appetizers, if you want the raw bar and some cocktails and sit outside... Or if you want a full-blown, you know, meat and potatoes or fish. And we haven't even gotten to... Marion, you're, you're too full for dessert, I assume, correct? No, I want dessert. You have like a separate... You have a separate dessert stomach, right? I'm so full, but it also I'm so hungry. I am so full. I don't even need dessert. What? So wait a minute. Oh, wait, we haven't tried the burger yet, too. And again, this is like... That's a serious burger right there. Just put me a little piece. All right, I'll take a bite. Let me see. It's like cheese sauce. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so look at that. Again, that burger. Sorry, we're looking at the, the cross-section. That is a... Uh, it's on a brioche bun. It's cooked perfectly. Just a little bit of pink on the inside. You can see that slaw on the bottom. And it's just oozing the cheese and the bacon on the outside. I will let you do the honors because... She looks like she doesn't have enough food in front of her. Look, she's got the ribs and the steak and the salmon and the burger in front of her. It's like she's never eaten before. Yeah. So, Mary, what is, of the things that we've tried so far, what has been your favorite? Probably the ribs. The ribs, really? So if you were to come back here for lunch or dinner, or, that you... Or the oysters with that cucumber. But how about that as a little one-two combo punch? You get a little oyster appetizer and you get the ribs for dinner. Oh my gosh, and then the s'more. I'm so excited for the s'mores thing. <laughs> you just want that baked Alaska, right? <laughs> it's so nice to see. Look, you know, we eat food for sustenance. We eat food because we need, you know, it's our fuel to survive. But I love eating because it could be such an enjoyable experience. And when I look around the table and look at the faces of how much you guys are enjoying it, I think that really is... You know, that's the measure of a good dining experience is when you eat something, how good it makes you feel. And judging by how good that burger makes you feel, you're the rolling of the eyes, there's a flailings of the hands, cats and dogs living together, and you're grabbing the steak again. What's wrong with you? 
I'm going to let you be the judge of that. Oh. Interesting. Just be careful. It's very juicy. All right, Marion, hold on to this. Hold this. Hold the microphone okay, for me. Hold on. I don't Thank normally you. let anybody hold the mic, but... So she doesn't even Hi, everybody. I'm taking over here. Opinion. So it is a it is a it is a big thick burger. This is definitely not a first date food. No. Because you gotta do like the Jersey lean, right? Just sort of lean over the dish, let it all drip down, which again is a is a, a testament to a good burger. You can see that the juice is sort of saturating the bun a little bit on the bottom. So the cheese is almost like because it's been sitting there, it almost became like a sauce. It is a sauce. Mm. Mm-hmm. Good? Good? Yes, mm. he, he's making... He's talking with his hands. I see talking. why she did the gyration of the hands or face. Mm-hmm. That is not what I was expecting at all. He just kind of flailed, flailed, flailed his hands everywhere and said... Flames, mm. flames from the side of my face. So, I was not expecting that. That has a much different flavor. Kid, you got to try this. It has a much different flavor than I expected, Right? The bacon adds a nice little bit of fatty smokiness to it, but that cheese is almost like um, it's almost like a thick dressing, right? It's not like a, a, an oily cheese. The burger's cooked is right. That slaw adds a nice bit of crunch, so you get the dis- different textural layers as well. And again, when that when that the, the juice from the meat sort of drips down your hand, that is a tasty burger. Do you want to try a little bite? A little bit. You know you want one. That's really wow! I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting it to be um, just a, a, a regular hamburger, like a cheeseburger. So that's what's nice too is that you can come here and not only split something, but this is not. I, I think that I think this restaurant can be as formal or as casual as you want it to be. So we're here having a late lunch. It's very casual, but you can come here at night. I think you can dress for dinner, right? Make a make a beautiful night in down in, in Disney specifically down at Disney. In Disney Springs, you do dinner, you do a show, a movie, you enjoy the live entertainment here. We're outside. I mean you can have an exceptional steak, an exceptional piece of fish. They, I mean, the wine menu is the entire opposite side of the menu itself. And actually we'll, I'll take a menu, I'll post a copy of the menu on um, the site over at www.radio.com so you can actually see it for yourself. Uh, I mean, they have a very extensive, they have an extensive wine cocktail list, um, bottled beers, um, interesting whites and reds. They also have a number of boathouse specialty cocktails, uh, blueberry lemonades, a lake squall, a number of cocktails. They have an original Bellini. Uh, listen to this. Wait a minute. Gosh, you should go back and do this. A cucumber cooler, Stoli citrus vodka, sweet and sour cucumber and soda. A Ornitos Bandito, Ornitos Black Barrel Tequila, Agave and Lime, Sangria. Uh, they have a Black, uh, a Bradford, Four Roses, Small Batch Whiskey. So, I mean, that's an extent. I mean, there's got to be, uh, I'm doing a quick, I'm, I'm eyeballing 100 wines on the, on the at least. And there's probably, in terms of craft beers, two, four, there's probably 20 different craft beers here, too. So, this dining experience can be what you want it to be. You can sort of tailor it if you want to split appetizers with your friends and family, if you want a formal sit-down dinner uh, and a nice glass of wine, you can do that too. So we did a quick, you know, pairing with a red and a wine to make it simple because we had fish and we had beef. So these were both two extremely reasonable 
glasses as well as bottles. So the, the Chardonnay, the, um, I'm sorry, the, the Savon Blanc that I had, um, for, it was $11 a glass and it's $40 a bottle and it was delicious, which is reasonable. And um, the cab that I had, which is not dry nor sweet, I would so, more say it's on more on a blend end, but it's delicious and it paired beautifully with the steak and the ribs. And um, that was 15 a glass and 56 for the bottle. So if you were to come back, and it's hard now because it, it, um, <clears throat> looking at the damage that was done on this table, but if you were to come back for dinner, of the things that you've sampled, and again, we've had everything from burgers to soft-shell crab sandwich, um, ribs, plank salmon, steak, um, and obviously all the, the different seafood appetizers as well, what do you think would be the item uh, that we've sampled so far that you would come back and order? Assuming you can only have one next well, time. The thing is, is that it depends what kind of mood I'm in. If I'm going to come here and I'm, I'm in my seafood mood, I'm going to come here and I'm going to have the white wine, um, which I told you about, and I'm going to have raw fish. Or... I, I don't want you to take it, but I know the dessert is coming, and I've, and I've heard rumor of the size of the dessert, so... Rumor? This we're, is uh, a legend. Yeah. It's a we, actually, it's a <laughs> you kids, you guys are going to see Bigfoot, because it's... it's um, it's like the le- Bigfoot's dessert. How about that? <laughs> Nicholas, are you ready? No. You got your stretchy shorts on? You got, man, you got stretchy pants on? You ready to go? I'm ready. He's done. He's eating. My son is actually in a food coma, which means he did the boathouse right. So, what? So, okay. If you had to come back. If I had to come back and I'm in the seafood mood, I, I would definitely do the um, raw bar with the white wine and. The clams. But if I'm in a steak mood, I mean, that's the thing. You can come here and be in either kind of mood. You can, you can make this restaurant, you can make this experience whatever it is that you want it to be. Coriander seared ahi tuna. What? You didn't see that on the menu? Coriander seared ahi tuna? What the what? Yeah, you did. You even talked about it. I know, but that was like 40 minutes ago. We have to come back. Coriander seared ahi tuna. Blistered shishito peppers, soy lime vinegar, wasabi mayo, and sriracha. I even heard you talking about it. I know, but I just—I was going through the whole menu. Guests coming in on my day off—that is what I get. So that's yep. so that's a, a big. Uh, um, uh, well, you know the tuna ta- is is unbelievable yeah. because of the tuna tower that we had. That yellowfin tuna pokey is oh, exceptional. Yeah. Coriander seared ahi tuna under the fish features—that's what we come back and try next time. Dare I say, I mean, I'm full, obviously, because we had 18 entrees and appetizers. You know what I have to say, though? To have a nice pairing and, and a piece and a bite of everything, to be able to say you like this more than that more, there was nothing that came out that I would say, you know what, I like one over the other more. There were different experiences, I think, for everything. And we ate... <laughs> We ate a lot of food. This is not how you're supposed to do the boathouse. We're trying to give you know, an overview, sort of a, 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 a 30,000 foot view of the menu. But um, you know, you you try and cook very healthy at home. We try and eat as relatively healthy as possible. And when you go out and you eat a meal, you don't like feeling so full that you're uncomfortable. We ate a lot of food, but I don't feel uncomfortable because nothing was heavy. Even the stuff that was fried. Was, did not have a heavy fry in it, which is why I sort of was trying to illustrate that point. 
with the shrimp and even with the soft shell crab, which you know you've had it before, it could be very oily, it could be very greasy, and you enjoy it while you're eating it, and then when you're done, you're like, ay, maybe I shouldn't have done that. So the thing is, is the essence of how they prepare their food here, and just like the chef, Chef Bob had explained, everything is from a scratch kitchen. So he brought out... And that, that's a big difference. Like, that, that makes a big difference, and it doesn't come from a box or a bag or the back of a truck. Okay, so from experience, I do cook dinner every night, and I make sure that I prepare healthy offerings for our family every night. So therefore, to come into a restaurant and you know that everything is made from scratch with the most simplest herbs and spices and ingredients makes the world of a difference to what... And, and you also know, too, from cooking at home and eating at different restaurants and, and coming from the restaurant business that fresh ingredients really makes... Like, you can tell if ingredients are fresh or not. And, and I will tell you, that is something that pleasantly surprised me about this because I think people here, restaurant on theme park property, it's, there's a certain standard you set in your mind. And when something like this comes along especially for us who are locals, it's a really nice surprise. And I think this is an indicator of, as I said, before we walked in the door, I said that sort of the boathouse in terms of theming is, is helping to set the stage for what Disney Springs is. I think the way the food is prepared, the quality of the food here, is setting the stage for people's levels of expectations of the quality of the food that they get here as well. And I think this is one of the things that, that will pleasantly surprise people and especially for locals make this more of a destination so remember as the consumer is what we are um you now are preparing yourself and, and i find that more people prepare themselves on healthier eating and what they're consuming so if you saw the simplicity that he put into all his ingredients that he prepared for us today they were very very simple things that you can prepare for yourself at home Whereas, you know, you're coming out to Disney, you're on vacation, you could still eat extremely healthy and be on vacation. So I think that is a testament to what Disney is trying to bring in to, you know, the consumer today, what we're looking for. As he's going to bring us dessert. (laughs) (laughs) Right, he's sort of setting the stage. So, And look, this is nice, too. Again, I don't think that you might walk by the boathouse and realize, so this is the second time that they've brought out um, warm towels, like warm, wet towels and lemon to clean your hands. So the same way that you clear your palate for the next course, you're sort of clearing, um, you're clearing yourself for the next course as well. And the kids, are you guys, are you geared up? Have you loosened up enough to have a little I'm dessert? So ready. Ready? I'm so ready. You've been thinking about this for a long time. You've heard legend of the baked Alaska, yes? I have, yes. I actually saw a picture from the other day, and I was wondering where it was from. And now I know it's from here, and now I'm excited. And you've never tried baked Alaska before, correct? Um, I have tried one once on the cruise, but I'm excited to see what theirs is like here. Uh, I think you're going to be surprised... Uh, forgetting how it tastes, but just how it looks. I just took like a five-minute power nap, so yes, I am now ready. <laughs> Nicholas, see, he knows how to do dining right. He, he was quiet because he took like a five-minute power nap, and you're like all refreshed. Like you're ready for round three, right? Nope, but, I, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> You'll take one for the team? You're such a giver, Nicholas. I know. I want to take a five. So I didn't get to turn the recorder on before you heard the OMGs and the gas and the other guests actually walking over to take pictures of the baked Alaska. 
My family is literally sitting with mouth agape uh, <laughs> and taking, you're taking pictures with it as if it was a. Um... <laughs> Go ahead, I'll move over so you guys can take pictures. So, I, I'm sure, Chef, you are used to this type of reaction. It looks like a, a, a giant... On the way, ask me what that was. Yeah, because it's not... If Even if you've heard of Baked Alaska, that, and it's funny, because look around the restaurant and everybody is looking this way, not like, why, why, are, those, why are those people still sitting there? And somebody is actually coming over to take a picture now. Um, in terms of height, it's probably... Uh, I mean, it's a... <laughs> Chef, we were just saying, um, the, the Baked Alaska is an attraction in and of itself. It is. You know what? It's probably the one thing we've become most known for in the restaurant. It's, it, it's the definition of a head-turner. When that goes through the dining room, everybody looks at it. Just as we saw right there, one of the guests came up and wanted to take a picture of it on your table, and that happens all the time. We have some really fun things that happen with this. It, this is a true story. I came in to eat um, dinner in the restaurant with my family, and it, was, it wasn't my birthday, but it was somebody's birthday in the family that I was with. And uh, we had a birthday cake that our pastry chefs made for, me, for my table. And so the cake was so big that I had shared it with everybody else in the dining room. But then after that, um, a little girl from across the room came over with a piece of a baked Alaska and said, Mr., you shared your dessert with us, and we want to give you some of ours. And, and you know what? It's big enough to share. <laughs> a lot of times uh, somebody will start that and then pass it over to the next table to finish. We could pass them to the nice people that took pictures. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean... <laughs> Again, it looks like a giant sail. I mean, it's probably... I mean, it is. It's as, is it big from the tip of my it's fingers? It's bigger than it's, mine. It's as big as the tip of my fingers to to my elbow. Um, and so for people who don't know what, what baked Alaska is and how it's prepared... You know what? Baked Alaska is an old, kind of an old-fashioned dessert where it's um, ice cream, typically ice cream in the center that's surrounded by a meringue. And then, a, you know classically lit on fire for presentation. So uh, Gibson's Restaurant Group in Chicago is famous for the big desserts. So we knew we had to have a big dessert here, but we wanted to do an original one. So the idea of s'mores came up, so we decided to make a s'mores baked Alaska. So on the bottom you have the graham cracker. That's the graham cracker crust. The inside is a Rocky Road ice cream. And then we have the meringue on the outside, and then we take mini marshmallows and pack them all over the outside of that. And then we stick Hershey bars inside with the marshmallows, and then we blast it with a torch so it actually smells like a s'mores at the campfire. And then you bring it out, and then you, then you have enough to feed uh, probably at least eight or ten people. The menu says four, but I don't know oh, if four no. people Come on now. Either. Wait, I want to get a picture first. Wait, picture first, and then. And four. I can probably sell it. <laughs> I think that'll feed your whole birthday party. Do I look? Do I look tall and skinny no, when you took that? I, on the, oh my god, I'm so. Sorry. Yeah, I, I. You said a family of four. I don't even think could come close to to fresh. So, chef, I honestly bring this to my table. I would have no idea how to cut this. You know what? Uh, it's a delicate operation. Usually Does it come the, with a manual? Like, is there? Usually, the server will take it something like this, and I'll show you. Is to um, lay it down on its side, and then take this big steak knife that we put in there, 
like this, and then just kind of like not so elegantly cut pieces of it. And then on the bottom of that plate is a is a um, chocolate fudge sauce that we make ourselves in house that takes two hours to cook. Wow! So you get a little bit of the graham cracker, the chocolate, and the meringue right there. There's one for you, ladies, first. And Chef, we were talking before about the importance of a scratch kitchen. How when things don't come out of a bag or a box and everything is fresh and we you know, come from a little bit of the restaurant background, the importance of fresh ingredients, like you really can taste it. And we, we felt that way through every level of, of the dining experience. Well, that's a great compliment and that's exactly what we're going for here. Um, like I said, it's a lot of work to produce everything from scratch um, when you're serving as many people as we do, but it's absolutely worthwhile. And actually, believe it or not, sometimes um, we have a problem in the kitchen and something doesn't turn out exactly to our standard and we just won't serve it. We, can, we change the menu daily. That gives us the ability to take things off the menu or put them on as we need to. So if we have a vegetable that's out of season or um, we can't get a certain seafood like mussels, we just take it off the menu and we don't have to serve the product. When it's so I'm happy you said that because I noticed on the menu that the date was on top and I didn't know if that was something that you printed daily based on what it is that, you're, that you were serving or not. The menu is printed daily and every single day there's something different about the menu. The daily specials may change. The, the oysters definitely change. They're never the same two days in a row. And um, le- like tomorrow, uh, we're actually adding a new vegetarian pasta dish. So we have freedom to change the menu as we like. And that, by printing the menu daily, that gives us that freedom and ability to do that. So you actually just quickly touched on something I wanted to ask you, which is uh, obviously guests that have special needs, whether it's gluten-free, vegetarian, vegan, uh, how are you able to accommodate those sort of needs? You know what? We fall right along with the Disney standard, which is if the customer uh, guest comes in and um, alerts their server that they have a special dietary need or request, or in some cases emails or calls ahead, that the chef is going to go and make a table visit and meet the person uh, face-to-face, find out exactly what they can have and what they can't have, explain the uh, restrictions maybe with the menu and and the options that we can do, and then go back and uh, safely cook the food for that person, and then the chef actually delivers it to the person uh, personally to make sure that we uh, we get the right food to the right person with the allergy. And we're going to need another bake, baked Alaska because Nicholas is almost finished. <laughs> <Yeah>. with <it. laughs> Nicholas, what do you think? You're the dessert guy. What do you think of that? I love it. <laughs> is this like a come here every day, get a baked Alaska? Is that, yeah, what you want to do after I school? I Nicholas is a boy of few words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the proof is literally in the pudding because that plate will be clean. So, Lou, Chris is going to explain to us a whole other experience that you can have with the baked Alaska. <laughs> What I want you to do now is you have to try both before you even touch them. So take a little bit of the pork so you know what it tastes like. Take a little bit of the baked Alaska. That way you can know what it originally tastes like. So, Chris, she's drinking a port wine? Yeah, so it's our Taylor Tawny. It's a uh, 20-year port. So. Now, good. Now, what I do is I just take the spoon and just kind of just drizzle a little bit of the port on the baked Alaska. What? (laughs) I know Chef's standing right next to me, and he's going, why are you doing this to me? So well, I, I'm not saying that. I'm yeah, saying I yeah, want to try yeah, it. No. <laughs> so, Mary, what do you think of that? 
so good. So you were. This is what you've been craving since you walked in the door. Is it everything that you expected it to be and more? Yep. Yes. And every s'more thing needs to have a very good graham crackery crust. This is the best. And that's a uh, that's a big hunk of baked Alaska, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, if everybody else is trying it, I might as well. Uh... First, take a taste, Lou. Then I'll give you the experience. <laughs> Mm. Just a little bit, yeah. All right, now let me try the adult baked Alaska. The adult baked Alaska. Oh my gosh. So good. So, Lou, this is a. Okay, so this is a Taylor 20 20 year, which is a port, which is $16 a glass, and it's fabulous. I mean, we just put it on top of our. Baked Alaska, which adds a whole different level of. So, uh, the dessert menu called the Not So Bitter End includes key lime pie in a mason jar, whiskey cat. What? Whiskey caramel cornbread cake? Shut the front door. A double chocolate bunt cake, mango sorbet with a mixed berry compote, the s'mores based baked Alaska, which, as Chef says, serves for, it's really meant to be shared, like with the room. And a Florida sunshine cake, yellow cake, orange cream cheese ice cream, and toasted almonds, which also serves four. And then there's also five different ports, um, including the Irish coffee, the Taylor Tawny's, and Fonseca's that you could um, uh, pair with your dessert. Um, you probably share with the rest of Disney Spring. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not getting off from this table until you finish this whole thing. Okay. You can probably share this with all of America. <laughs> Now, I mean, we all had a piece, and it looks like we haven't even dented it. And, Chef, I mean, as long as you're... One thing we were saying, too, is what surprised me, and I think is really attractive about this dining experience, and it is a very experiential type of a meal, was that you can sort of make it however... what you want it to be. So you can come in here with a couple of friends, have some drinks, and just share some things from the raw bar, where you can sit outside and do it. Or if you want to have a casual meal with sandwiches and just some of the seafood. Or have a much more formal meal, date night, business meeting, whatever it is. You can sort of make the boathouse whatever you want it to be. Absolutely. You can come in and get fried clams or you can get a hamburger or a, a surf and turf. Uh, and By the way, that burger was a big surprise. I'm like, we all were like, oh, we were almost sort of dismissive of the burger. Because like, okay... But that burger and whatever that you do to that cheese that makes it almost more of a of a of a sauce than than a was excellent. Yeah, we're proud of our burgers, and and I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said that you can come in here and have any uh, a variety of different kind of experiences with the um, the dock bar outside. You could just go sit there and enjoy a little uh, peace and tranquility away from the. Um, hectic pace at Disney Springs, or you could come in here for fun and hang around at the Raw Bar. Um, in late night, we have live entertainment here in this room, and you could come in and enjoy that type of an experience, or you can certainly come in and have a, as much of a formal uh, dining experience as you like. And that's the thing that I thought of. I thought about, and I never realized that I could come here with friends, just hang out and just come to the Raw Bar, maybe have a drink or, or not, and just share in some appetizers, some of the Raw Bar. But you can also come here with your family, or you can come here on a date and really make it um, a more upscale type experience if you wanted to. And then don't forget, there's one thing that you still have to do is to ride the Amphicars. 
So I know that may not may or may not happen today because of the weather, but uh, we're definitely going to get you back out here with your family and ride the Amphi cars because that's a whole other uh, experience. Some people just come down to the boathouse and ride the Amphi cars, and that's what they do. Um, we have some wonderful stuff in the uh, in the ship store, so make sure you take a little a little bit of time and look around there too. And uh, please make sure that you look me up next time you come in and be my guest. I'm going to give you my card here. And um, reservations are hard to come by at the boathouse. So uh, call me directly and ask for my name, and uh, I will get you a reservation. Awesome. And we were just talking to uh, Chris, our server, too. You know, the other thing, too, that's nice is that um, the outside seating area, because it does not take reservations, if you are just in Disney Springs spending the evening or spending the afternoon, you can just go outside and just sort of walk up to the bar or find a comfortable chair. I would love to love to find one of those comfortable couches right now and take a post-boathouse nap. Um, I think you should add that onto the menu, too. If you had hammocks outside... I would, uh, I'd buy that experience. <laughs> the boat does rock, so it almost looks like you're in a hammock. So, <laughs> Mr. Mangelli, you need to wake up and, and make room for other guests. Um, Chris, Chef, thank you so much. It's been uh, my pleasure. pleasure. Thank you very much. This really has been a wonderful experience. Nice meeting, everybody. Nice meeting you, too. Thank you. You want to take a look at the boats out there, be our guest? Will do. Right there. Like I said, go check out the V2 Water Taxi. Go check out all the floating museums out there. We will. Thank you both so much. I really appreciate it. So, uh, all good things must come to an end, and you're going to have to roll me out of here. Uh, we actually just paid our Ala- baked Alaska forward to one, to another guest that had come over from a nearby table to take a picture and said, we're never going to eat it rather than let it go to waste. Uh, let them go and enjoy it, which is always nice um, to be able to, to share with others. Um, we, uh, we covered a lot today. We covered a lot of ground. We covered a lot of culinary territory today. Um, any final thoughts? Any um, last opinions, um, kids in Deanna? Um, I mean, I re- I loved it. I think it was a great dining experience. And was I this a totally bit of a surprise back. to you? Yes, I would totally come back. Not what you were expecting? Were you expecting a little bit more of a fancier sit-down, and now you can see it's a little bit more fun and casual? I was definitely expecting something fancy, and when we came up here, I'm like, um, why are we coming here? Like, we're just wearing T-shirts and, like, shorts. But now that we're in here, like, it, it was awesome. You could come here really dressy and be dressed appropriately, or you could be coming here in shorts and T-shirt after walking around downtown Disney. I mean, Disney Springs for hours. And So, you know, we come down here maybe, you know, once every week, week and a half or so. When I say, where do you guys feel like eating? Is this someplace that's now on your, your radar or on your short list? Definitely. Nicholas, what about you? My final thoughts are this is tied with my... Um, tied with Morimoto Asia for my favorite restaurant of all time. Wow, of all time? Yes. And you are you are a very discerning eater, so that's saying a lot coming from you. Yes. And also, everyone have fun. And what was your favorite thing on the menu, Nicholas? Hmm. The favorite thing that you tried today? Everything. If you had to pick one, if you can, if you can, if I said you can come to Boathouse and you can pick one item, what would it be? The steak. The what? The steak. The steak. What about you, Marion? Baked Alaska. Baked Alaska. So, Deanna, any final thoughts? And if you could come here and eat only one thing that you tried today, which is hard to, to choose just one, what would it be? It would be the 
Clams, raw bar, social crab, steak, anyway. burger. You stink at the, you're like Lou Mangello. You stink at the at the one Wait, thing. Well, we get the point. It's it's pretty much everything that you uh, that you ate today. But if you had to sort of sum up the experience here in one sentence. So this this restaurant may have moved to the top of my list. Wow. Well, I wasn't expecting that. You're giving me the yeah, man. I'm serious. Look. Um, so now when we come, I said we know we come down here maybe not every week, once a week, week and a half, two weeks, and I say where do you guys want to eat? Um, I have a feeling this this may be one of the first things you say. So I'm going to say we need to call Chef Bob because I want to go to the boathouse. <laughs> well, I will tell you that I am, um, and I think I sort of just to, to try and wrap up my feelings. This very much is. Um, uh, uh, it, there's a wider spectrum of dining experience here than what I had thought before I walked in the door. I thought it was a little bit more formal. Um, I thought it was a little, you know, fancier. I'm happy that, and, and of, in keeping with the Shustler brand, I should have known that it would be very family friendly, but now that I'm here and experienced it, I can say that that very much is the case. Um, I'm equally comfortable coming here for a casual light lunch as I would with my family as I would be coming here at night with friends to enjoy music and cocktails and appetizers or to come with friends, with family for a more formal upscale dining experience. So the other thing too you have to remember is a lot of families now can use this as, oh my God, we're exhausted. We need to go somewhere. Let's book and feel comfortable and relaxed so that we can enjoy dinner. Our children will find something on the menu that they like and a cocktail and relax. And the atmosphere is that relaxed inside or outside that you can enjoy a wonderful meal in the ambiance here. It's very comfortable. I think that's the word that I was looking for. It's very comfortable in here. Uh, We certainly haven't felt rushed. We've seen a lot of people who've been here just as long as we have. Um, So when we talk about, you know, a a dining experience, um, and and I think that's what food should be. It, It shouldn't just be we need to eat and move on. This is one of those places that I would look towards. So uh, we will be back. Oh, Oh, yes. (laughs) We will be back. And uh, we need to come back and do the, uh, we'll do the Amphicars uh, when I'm feeling less, (laughs) less fat and the weather's a little bit better. I'll be back. (laughs) And I will definitely be back to do that, that. Um, dining experience on the boat. Oh, will you? Now? <laughs> will, will. will you? <laughs> I, will. I will. Well, I want to know for, from you, uh, listener, who has been sitting next to me through this entire meal, have you ever been to the boathouse? And if so, what do you think? And what's your favorite item on the menu? Or what do you think about your boathouse experience? There's lots of ways to let me know. If you come to the website at www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast. You can leave a comment in the show notes. We'll keep the conversation there. You can also tweet me. I am at Lou Mangiello. You can Facebook me at Lou Mangiello. Or better yet, call me from the boathouse at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. Let me know what you think while you're here. Be sure to uh, go ahead and ask for the chef and tell him if you are enjoying your experience. Thank you. Hopefully you didn't listen hungry, but thank you for uh, sharing and spending some of your time around the table with us. Uh, my family, thank you guys again. I always, uh, food is always best when it is shared with family and friends. No, Dad. Thank you for bringing me here. Yay, food. No, Lou Mangiello, thank you.
I need a, I need a nap. I need a nap. Mom, copier. <laughs> we, we need to thank our server, Shay, for our wonderful experience. Chris, Chris, Chris. Shay. <laughs> we have 1,800 Chris's that work for the Disney Company. I like to think of myself as a little outcast, a character more, so I go by my last name, which is Shay. So that's why if you ever come to the boathouse, ask for Shay. Uh, Chris, you're going to get one of like seven of us. Awesome. Chris, well, you were excellent, and thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. We really had a wonderful experience. Yeah, brother. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week. I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see, but sometimes in what you hear, maybe in what you eat. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via email or our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. But before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I had a very simple, straightforward question for you, which was to tell me, what restaurant in Walt Disney World, what restaurant's name means artwork? And again, thanks to the hundreds of you that entered and got this one correct. It is one of my favorite locations on property. I need to do a live review there soon. And it is Sanaa over at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And if you've ever been there, you know it really sort of evokes that East African-inspired um, spice market. And there's beautiful handcrafted artwork and wares um, throughout the, the entire restaurant and under the giant sort of uh, acacia tree right in the center of the room. But I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last again, last week you were playing for the 102 Ways to Save Money for an at Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio tours of the Magic Kingdom, both of which you can get at www.radio.com, a WW Radio Magic Band cover, and some WW Radio stickers, and I'm also going to throw in a special mystery prize from Disneyland, and... Last week's winner, randomly selected, is Daniel Boggs. So, Daniel, congratulations. I'll contact you via email. Send me your uh, shipping information. I'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay. I appreciate your playing, but don't worry, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So as I said, I like to pose questions that not only test some of the things that you experience in Walt Disney World with your eyes, but sometimes it it's about how well you pay attention in some current or former attractions or shops or restaurants. So your question this week is to tell me, where in Walt Disney World could you once be introduced to Nigel, Diana, and Wayne? That's it. You have until Sunday, June 12th at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. You can also visit this week's show notes over at www.radio.com slash the number 448, and you can use the entry form right there. And again, this week you're going to play for the 102 Ways book, all seven of the virtual audio tours, a Magic Band cover, stickers, and I'm also going to throw in another mystery prize. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again so very much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I sincerely 
appreciate it and I appreciate you. I know your time is your most valuable commodity. So the fact that you choose to spend and share some with me uh, means a great deal. So I want to say thank you to that. I also want to thank some of the new members of the WW Radio Nation and family, including Ashley Scary. Scott McLean, Donald Allen, and James Connors. I sincerely appreciate the fact that you are part of the nation and are helping the site and the show. And if you want to be the part of the nation, help the show and get exclusive rewards every month, including scavenger hunts, access to our secret Facebook group, custom personalized magic band covers, logo gear, backpacks, shirts, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World, exclusive live video group calls, and lots more. Please go and visit www.radio.com slash support. Again, completely optional. Great way for you to help support the show. And don't forget that a portion of the proceeds of your contributions will go to the Dream Team Project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. All right, just a couple of quick announcements before we go. Uh, don't forget that if you like the show, please visit the website at www.radio.com. Check out my live weekly video broadcast over at facebook.com slash You can follow me there. Tune in every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Be part of the show and conversation. And then oftentimes I'll take you with me to the parks and sometimes on the road to uh, other destinations around the country or around the world. Uh, subscribe to the newsletter, check out our videos, and check out the amazing contributors that we have to the WW Radio blog. Of course, I love connecting with you online um, as much as I love to uh, hear from you via email. I think that nothing beats a handshake and a hug, so please check out the events page by going to www.radio.com, clicking on the events tab. I want to thank everybody that came out to the Mall of America in Minnesota last week. I was keynoting the TBEX Travel Blog Exchange Conference. Um, so many of you took time out of your day, your weekend, or came eight, nine hours and drove from Canada, and I am incredibly humbled and grateful to you and for you for that. It was so great to uh, to meet and spend some time with you and uh, and get those handshakes and the hugs that I think are the most important thing. Uh, check the events page. We have lots of other stuff coming up, including our e-ticket adventure cruise going from New York to Puerto Rico this November. And next June 25th, we're going to do a five-night, this is my favorite cruise, the cruise from Port Canaveral with a double dip on Castaway Key on the Disney Dream. For more information, again, Visit the events page and get a free, no obligation quote or visit www.radiocruise.com. Uh, what else? Oh, so if uh, you can't make it out to a meet, but maybe you have a question you want answered on the show, please email me, lou at www.radio.com. And of course, I would love to hear from you. So call the voicemail, be heard on the air at 407 900 9391. That's 407 900 WDW1. And if I could maybe help you get from where you are to where you want to be or come to speak to your school, your conference, or to your business, please visit loumangelo.com for more information there. Thanks, as always, to Mouse Fan Travel. They are not just my official and recommended travel provider. They have been for nearly a decade, but it's who I use. It's who I recommend because of the exceptional service, because they will always be looking out for the best possible prices for you. And, of course, all those services come at no cost to you. You can find them over at mousefantravel.com and go to celebrationspress.com. Find out how you can get Celebrations Magazine delivered to your door or to your inbox every other month. And, of course, um, this would not happen. I would not be able to do what I do without you. And uh, as always, my friends, and you are my friends, even if we have not met yet, uh, all I ask is that if you like the show, Please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Tell your friends. Share links to this or your favorite episodes on Facebook. And please 
take a minute, go over to rate and review the show over on iTunes. Thanks to you, we have more than 1,100 five-star reviews. We hit number two overall on iTunes, so please keep them coming. I want to thank some recent reviewers, including Judy Paverini, who said she loves the podcast. She learns something every time she listens to the show. How is it even possible, she says. I only discovered it a few months ago, but now it is part of my everyday routine. And she says, P.S. Do not. Listen, hungry. <laughs> Judy, timing is everything. You probably learned that this episode as well. Uh, love Disney with a lot of ones and threes in there instead of <laughs> letters. Says, Lou, you're such a positive influence and wealth of information for everybody. Thank you for being an outlet. For those of us that cannot make it to the parks as often as we'd like, never stop being who you are. May you continue to do this for many years to come. Thank you. Uh, love Disney. Thank you. I could not do this without you. So I, I sincerely appreciate you. As well as Eric Sasek, DJ Technoid Ricky Reed. Check his stuff out on SoundCloud. He's got amazing Disney remixes. Sir Smith a lot says he thinks this is the quite simply the most well-produced, family-friendly, and informative Walt Disney World and Other Parks 2 podcast. It has such a positive view on things, which is refreshing. He also says, don't listen hungry. And uh, Watt SRL has been listening for about 10 years, and it's really increased his enjoyment of Disney trips and appreciation of all things Disney. Uh, if you want to find out how to rate and review the show, you can just search for it in iTunes or visit www.radio.com slash iTunes for a link and instructions on how to do it. And finally, and most importantly, my sincerest and humblest and heartfelt thanks to you for taking the time to listen, for spreading the word about the show, for being part of my extended family and this community. It means more to me than you will ever know. And if there's anything that I can do to help you um, get from where you are to where you want to be, please, by all means, let me know because I, I don't, don't let your dreams just be dreams, right? Don't let, don't let those things that you aspire to or you wish for stay that way. Uh, start taking steps, however small, to start making them happen. And I promise uh, you will be much, much happier and more fulfilled than you ever thought you would be because I am, and it is all thanks to you. So I hope that you have an incredible, amazing, wonderful week this week. So until next time, see ya. Hi, Lou Mandello. Hi, Lou Mandello. We're calling you. We just wrote Splash Mountain. We're calling you from Magic Kingdom. This is Anna Collins and... We are at Disney World. This is Robert Collins. And it's Robert Collins' sixth birthday. Happy birthday, Robert Collins! All right, we love your show. Thank you so much for everything you do. Have a great day. Hello, Lou. This is Tori Jean from Phoenix, Arizona. I just got done listening to your Foods uh, or Best Snacks in Disneyland podcast, which I was so excited about because that is my nearest Disney park, and I try to go there as much as possible. Um, so I was very excited to hear what you had to say. I will say, though, as much as I agree with you that, in general, Disneyland corn dogs are amazing, and the Little Red Wagon is so fantastic, you have to, have to go to the Corn Dog Castle in Disneyland California Adventure. Not only does it have the amazing hand but as you mentioned, it has the Chicago Red Hot Corn Dog, which oh, it's so good. It's smoky and just, uh, just spicy enough where it's handle handleable by like most people. It's so good. And at the Corn Dog Castle for our vegetarian friends or our cheese loving friends or basically all people in the world, uh, you can get a deep fried cheddar cheese 
stick in that same cornmeal batter. It is incredible. I absolutely suggest going to Corn Dog Castle on your next California trip, and hopefully I will make it out there that time and get to meet you in person. Take care. As always, keep doing what you do. You're amazing at it, and thank you so much. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Caitlin calling from Pleasant Hill, California. I just was listening to podcast 444 and podcast 446, and... I love the idea of doing the top ten mac and cheese mac and cheeses in Disney World. I would love to hear a podcast about that. I'm a huge fan of mac and cheese. It's like my favorite thing. Um, so I would be like extremely thrilled if you do a top ten mac and cheeses of well Disney World uh, reviews live. That would be so cool. Um, because you mentioned that idea in the podcast 444. And then so far, 446, the most recent podcast you've um, released or done, um, was the best one yet that I've really listened to. Um, I, I just love Daniel's uh, suggestions of his wishes for what he would want to be in um, Walt Disney World, the idea of really having a a Tower of Terror hotel, but it doesn't have the terror part of it, but it has like a 1930s look and everything. I love that idea. I love the um, Magic Bands idea as well. Um, Just Tim Foster and Daniel and you, Lou, all you guys' ideas on the uh, podcast episode of 446 were like amazing and a lot of them I agreed with and wish were actually the true thing as well, but, um, probably will never be. But, uh, keep what, keep up with what you're doing. You're doing a really great job. I love your podcast, but please keep in mind to do a top 10 mac and cheeses about Disney World. I would love, love, love that a lot. Um, and have a magical day. Bye. Hello, Lou. This is Simon and Sarah from North Dakota on a blissful drive through the North Dakota plains, and we are just loving your radio show. So, we are absolutely remiss as diehard Disneyland fans. You did not mention Walt's absolutely spectacular, world-famous chili at the Cardation Cafe. And, although it's not at Disney World, we would just absolutely love to ride the people mover one more time in Disneyland. The original, the best. All right, I, I give up, but it's incredible. So, thank you for all that you do. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Hello, Lou. Such a such a treat. I was circling back around my on some of my unlistened to podcasts. I know, sorry. And how delighted was I to hear Emma from Great Britain, God save the Queen. And what a treat to hear her. And you, I just had to stop in the middle of the show and call. She is such a delight. And you know, you're not so bad yourself. Uh, what a fun show. Thanks for sharing that with us. And uh, Tim and 20 Georgia, thanks. 